0: And that is where I told him like, um, you know, the company of the future has to help not just energy-related problem solving, but also look at what impact we can make on society and can we solve social problems in the world? So can we design innovative solutions that solve the social problem and create a revenue model?
1: The world around us is changing faster than ever. We hear people say, Things a blur. And when we're living in our little self, a self in survival mode, a self that's living out what others believe we should do or who we should be, we compromise our joy. We put limits on ourselves and how we show up day in. in this vicious cycle between fear and entrapment that keeps us playing small. But when we combine an insatiable curiosity to know our true self with the courage to share our innate gifts with the world, we get closer and closer to our big self. For two decades, Mandar apti has volunteered his time for the Art of Living Foundation and the International Association for Human Values to teach leadership development programs using meditation techniques to thousands of people across the world. Mandar is also the founder and executive director of Cities for Peace. And the flagship program for Cities for Peace was first held in Los Angeles, where so far over 250 community members, including LAPD officers and former gang members and victims and survivors of violence have been trained by Mandar as ambassadors of peace. And he has similar programs now offered in many cities and communities worldwide. I think you will find this conversation both inspiring and challenging, and it was very serendipitous how we met, and I hope that you'll find reasons to be encouraged and challenged as well. Mandar Abti, welcome to The Big Self Show.
0: Chad from Chattanooga. Thank you for having me and thank you for all you do to put all the good
1: energy up there. Well, it's, uh, God, it's God's work you're doing. Oh, thank you. And, and and same same to you it is uh it's an honor and a privilege to be able to speak with you right now as you are um also just across the ocean all the way in India right now as I'm here in Chattanooga uh as we you know Mandar as we begin each uh of our episodes especially so far in season five but I think we're going to continue this this practice is we like to ask our guests When you think of the word big self, when you hear the expression being in your big self, while it is known that it comes from a Buddhist tradition, we don't just narrow the term down to that definition of big self, although we like it. So when you hear the word big self, what comes to mind? And do you uh, kind of con- contrast it and compare it to being in your little self? The visual
0: that I get is uh, waves in the ocean. And, uh, you know, waves in the ocean, they have a, a very unique character. They bring their froth and playfulness, and they come and play on the sand. And each wave thinks that it's different from everybody else out there on their left and the right. But each wave also forgets that they are part of the ocean. So that is how I visualize your question. is uh, Actually, there is no big self and small self. It is just uh, an identity crisis, maybe, that we think we are different. Uh, and yes, we are different but we are also one. And so it's not a Buddhist concept because Buddha himself was not a Buddhist. It's a very ancient Vedic concept. uh, And we just have to go back to the ancient traditions that saw oneness in everything. Uh, There was no uh, separation between uh, me and Chad and uh, me and the birds, And that for me is uh, the big self, that feeling that I'm part of this cosmos. You know, why just uh, human beings? I'm part of the huge cosmos. And so it brings me a sense of uh, gratitude, maybe even feels uh, I'm taken care of. My worries will dissolve. And I can just like a wave play out there.
1: Ooh, I love that. It's And that's connected to the law of one, right? That we are just, we are, even though we are all individuals and there's no one else quite like us, paradoxically, we are all the same. And one, I love that beautiful answer. Uh, And I think immediately our audience gets a sense of uh, your perspective and where you're, you're coming from. And, you know, one of the entry points into this dialogue and how uh, we are having this conversation is around a film that you put together, I believe in you, you released it in 2017 and it's called um, from India with love. And you are inspired by, the 1959 visit of Martin Luther King Jr. to India when he was exploring, how can I bring these powerful resonant concepts of nonviolence and introduce them into my violent uh, (laughs) country? So could you tell us about you know, not only the film, um, but just your program now in which you bring people to India to be inspired by Mahatma Gandhi and the culture of nonviolence.
0: So in 2016, um, I was reading Dr. King's autobiography. And I did not have any freaking idea that he had gone to India. I read 30 pages of his travel in India for five weeks and uh, he begins that chapter by saying to every other country I would go as a tourist but here in India I have come as a pilgrim and it goes on and on and uh, you know I felt like in 1959 there was no Facebook, Twitter, Instagram so when you are gone you are gone And why would somebody go for five weeks when his people were in trouble? They were being oppressed. So that seeking aspect is what I uh, felt in the 30 pages that he has written in his autobiography. And uh, I um, have been in the U.S. 28 years. Uh, 2016, as you know, was a pivotal uh, election year. And uh, one of my Mexican American friends was uh, abused at a gas station, and I felt like, what did what happened in the India trip for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that you know transformed him as he writes, and he says nonviolence is the only way. Eye for an eye cannot be the solution. So I felt like. Can we recreate that trip? Can we recreate that journey for today's America? And so that's the kind of genesis behind, uh, you know, making a journey happen. Uh, We traveled with six victims of uh, different types of violence. uh, And I made this whole project was completed in one month since reading the autobiography. So for me, like, it changed my life as well. Uh, because there was no script when we uh, went to India. It was all people getting to know each other and discovering each other as well as, you know, discovering themselves. And uh, we all found, uh, you can say, life secrets, uh, purpose of life. I found definitely something that, uh, you know, took me outside of Shell. I used to work at Shell. And when I came back from that trip, and I shared with my boss how I had spent my my one-month holiday. Um, basically, the advice I got from my mentor at Shell was, I think this needs to be your calling and, you know, go and make a difference. So since okay. then, the film, um, as you know, the film was produced and released in 2017. And I took it to all kinds of places, uh, prisons, uh south side of chicago in the gang neighborhoods police departments uh in Chattanooga as well uh and the purpose <laughs> yeah. of these screenings the purpose of these screenings was to see whether uh we can awaken ourselves you know we can awaken ourselves to our sh- to our shared humanity that uh, you know we are we are in it together it is uh, it is not uh it is not uh, This violence can take any flavor, you know, it can be a mass shooting, it can be a suicide, it can be domestic abuse. But usually we think, what can I do about it? And that is where I felt the calling that, hey, let's not wait as a bystander. Let's actively promote peace. And so uh, since, as you know, in my film, we have victims and survivors of violence, those are the people that I uh, felt. The calling to help. Help is also a bad word. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm just sharing what I know about peace mm-hmm. uh, with people who have, you know, suffered. Uh, because uh, once uh, you know this violence, at least in America, is uh, has made us immune, has desensitized, desensitized us. Mm. So
2: oh, uh, because it yes. happens so
0: often that we forget like, okay, what happened to the, to the, you know, weekend events that happen in Chicago almost every week. Like what happened to oh, those no. survivors? So those were the people that I went and, uh, you know, uh, shared my life with and found my own healing in that process.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, but are you still working with 4Shell or are you now on independent?
0: I left my job the day I came back from India after that conversation with my boss in uh, 2017.
1: Oh, because they encouraged Uh, you not to so much be an ambassador for them, but they were like, you, we give you our blessing. You need to go do this work. Yeah, so I'm actually out of my shell (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. So, and I guess, you know, you could give us a little bit of, um, give us the, the backstory of just so much of like, you were at Shell and you were already doing some initiatives, as I understand, and talking to the CEO about working on sustainability programs. Uh, but what was that turning point for you? Uh, you were there serving in a capacity, I believe, as a meditation teacher at Shell. It seems pretty innovative. Uh, no,
0: no, 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 not oh. at all. Not at all. I'm a petroleum engineer.
1: Okay, and, you came uh, as an engineer. A, That's the part of your story yeah, I didn't so know. Okay.
0: I'm a petroleum engineer. I've worked on rigs. I've designed many oil and gas projects worldwide. Uh, and at one point, you realized that uh, life cannot just be designing oil and gas platforms or pipelines yeah and so uh, i became a meditation teacher 20 years ago I see. in houston in houston texas and i started teaching in my lunchtime at workplace so this was 20 years ago when the world did not know the word mindfulness or meditation so right i uh, started at work uh, in my even um, in my shower uh, And then 2009, uh, I got into the innovation program at Shell. And uh, in the job interview, my boss asked me uh, why I was teaching meditation in my evenings to returning soldiers coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan. So I answered him saying, hey, that's where I get my mojo back. That's where I reboot myself. Uh, So he... um, invited me he said innovation is also about mindset so why don't you teach at shell and i literally like got off my chair and i said do you want me to bring my passion at work and he said yes you can design an innovation learning program using you know meditation practice as the chocolate and the wrapper on the chocolate is uh, innovation creativity entrepreneurship
1: so wow that's uh, some pretty uh that's some pretty good leadership right there. We're going to say shout out yes. to to that. Yeah.
0: Big shout out, big shout out. Uh, this was 10 years ago now, so 2012 2013. I uh, ended up teaching 2000 people at Shell worldwide meditation practice. Uh but the rapper was innovation and creativity. Yeah? So uh, oh. that's where um, I won an award uh, from Accenture on intrapreneurship so this is entrepreneurship but inside a large organization and uh, that gave me access to the ceo so i went and met the ceo for this external award and that is where i told him like um, you know the company of the future has to help not just energy related problem solving but also look at what impact we can make on society and can we solve social problems in the world and not philanthropic donations. So can we design innovative solutions that solve the social problem and create a revenue model? And so that was my job at Shell that uh, I, I did that role for four years until this documentary trip that I took to India for a month. So I was actually in a very sexy job. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But then um, I think peace is something that, you know, we take it for granted and business doesn't play a role in peace. So that was uh, what my uh, former boss at Shell and I discussed at the end when I came back from India from this film um, is uh, can we look at the intersection of uh, peace and profit? can we counter the business model of violence you know because every Mm. violence it has a business model Mm. Uh, think of like child trafficking or uh, drugs any type of business any type of violence if you look at it somebody is making money
2: yeah yeah
0: so can we counter it by creating the business for peace so can peace be profitable and so that excited me and that's the rabbit hole that i've been in the last 7 years
1: can peace um, be profitable yeah that that'll uh, perk up some some ears i would think <laughs> and and that is uh an incisive observation i think the way that yeah so many of these systemic problems yeah, as they say follow follow the money right follow right. the money right, right. um wow there's a lot of directions i'd like to take this but let's at least just focus in on the transformative nature of your film itself it was really moving to me and everyone you can find it right still to this to this moment right here you can find it you can rent it for a couple of dollars on amazon prime um and i don't know you can tell us where else we'll have it in the show notes but uh it sounds like it was a transformative journey for you and you you took a few very brave souls from a lot of different various various backgrounds one mother of um the Sandy Hook tragedy um the shooting that happened in 2010 and another you know some some um guys raised in with gang violence I was there were a number of moments where i was i felt i felt this soothing gentle peaceful quality just almost from the beginning i too like the people it, it, you know that were experienced in it felt this like i felt safe and i wanted i wanted to to feel safe and i was like what and i was it, it, i was like well what can India's culture be teaching our culture in this respect, uh, no no culture's perfect, but in this respect about the nonviolence, what can we be learning? I, I was particularly struck by one of the acts where everyone was shelling the peas or doing this service that is, as you were identifying, it, it's just it, nobody even has to know about some acts of just very small humble acts of service and what that would do um on a more humbling level and then at the end the the baptism and the the meditating on the 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 Ganges river but yes the way that they were um just reflecting on the experience and then literally feeling immersed in 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 those waters um was was powerful and um what a nice documentary
0: thank you yeah. it's a it's a, i i wouldn't even say it's my documentary
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: because you can't take ownership for such things these things happen because there is a divine force that guides you to get this done. Mm -hmm. And so after reading the autobiography, I had this thought, like what if I can bring uh, a cross section of the United States and uh, make a similar pilgrimage? You know, the first call that the universe connected me was with uh, Michael Brown, senior in Ferguson, Missouri. So a shell petroleum engineer, privileged life head of innovation i felt i had no reason to speak to michael brown in ferguson that was the first call the universe opened wow and so that's where i got the feeling that you know i just need to hold the space and if it's meant to be those who are meant to be will come so i called uh, 35 victims of gun violence perpetrators of violence okay and these these six people uh, chose to come And so I paid for their trip and uh, we we finished the whole project in one month. From the time I read the autobiography in one month, I had done something. I can't even say I did it because you can't do such things alone, right? The universe along with you supports you. The wow. big self definitely was involved.
1: <laughs> I would say so. With the way that you were in a job that one could say you could have had the golden handcuffs, that you were, you know, you were doing quite well. And then you, at a certain point in your life, you were just looking around and it, it, you were like, is this all there is? Uh, I, you know, I don't want to just. Uh, necessarily design petroleum platforms. I, I see problems out there. I want to be engaged, and can we do something about it? So that that alone, just taking action in that space where we can often just say, "Oh, thoughts and prayers," or "I'm going to be mindful," but you are, I'm, you're really, you're taking action and you're engaged. And that, to me, is when I think of a big self. You know, I do, I. Sometimes I think that when we have a big growth point in our life, that we think that like people who are doing the soul work are actually going to end up just kind of retreating into the hermitages. And actually, it seems like some of the most powerful social revolutions or movements that have ever happened have been those who were so in tune with their essential self that they were like energized to take big big bold action so to uh, to me in some ways that is the epitome of the big self and that's what you've you've done
0: what you spoke is just golden uh, chad so uh, you know most of the times It's the analogy that comes to mind is uh, electricity in the wires in your home and the plug points, right?
2: Mm, The mm -hmm. charge
0: is always there. It's always there. But it requires us to take the effort to put the phone to charge. You might have the best phone, like iPhone 14. (laughs) (laughs) But if we don't charge it, um, you know, and that requires us to take that effort to plug the charger, to put it in the socket and then leave it, like trust the, the big self, like the char- it's going to charge my phone. I think that is where, uh, you know, we have to uh, have not just prayers and candle marches because right. that's not enough. That's not enough. We also need to have, uh, you know, action uh, but without feverishness, you know, it's, uh, it's like, mm-hmm. I need to charge my phone. I need to charge my phone. Oh, my phone needs to get charged. Oh, is it getting charged? No, you just let go. That's where you trust in the big cell. Okay. I've done my bit. If it's meant to be, it will take its own course to take the next orbit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, You know, and just as a quick aside, I remember, so I was, um, my dad's a minister and I remember he, I was uh, 10 years old when the movie Gandhi came out and Mm. he he took me to see, so I'd like, I, he took me to see star Wars and Superman and then Gandhi. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it was three hours and there was an intermission and there was no other movie quite like it uh, at the time. But I mean, so here I was pretty uh, mesmerized and there was a deep impression of the Gandhi story in my life just in, in California at the time at age 10. And then I remember I was 15 when I was a sophomore in high school when I was reading Let the Trumpet Sound, which is a biography of Martin Luther King Jr. written by Stephen B. Oates. And I remember coming across that detail of how at a certain point in his life, MLK Jr. had uh, been so influenced. So I have thought about the ways that that movement, that civil rights movement, put some of the pieces together from the influence of Gandhi and I just, it's for lack of a better word, it's inspiring. And I do think that there is a deeply profound, resonant, challenging uh, energy behind these ideas. They, and it's been 60, 70 years, depending on how we're counting, since these things have been in action. So I think it's time. I think it's a timely message for us, uh, but let's think a little bit about some of the work that you did with you that you continue to do and and that you did in this film. And I was thinking about how you're teaching a path of developing resilience and in helping people improve their skills with dealing with negative emotions and sometimes just real trauma of I do some I do a lot of coaching. That has to do with what it's what we call ontological coaching, and it's it's trying to move forward out of just embodying the the way that we want to see ourselves in the world. But I do know that a lot of times when there is unprocessed trauma, when there is healing that just needs to be done first. Uh, how so? I, it seemed in the documentary that you through some meditation work and kriya, and you you you're helping people actually do a little bit of both at the same time. Could you just discuss some of the mechanics uh, of the science of healing?
0: Uh, yes, um, I think it's often a blind spot. It's a blind spot, especially for leaders with responsibility or change makers who are out there serving the world whether it's a teacher or a nurse uh, we rarely spend time in our own development in our own like transformation because mm-hmm. we feel like hey i'm here to serve other people right so and rightfully so but that becomes a blind spot is uh, just like we you know take 5 minutes to brush our teeth every day why because we uh, don't get any joy out of it, right? You don't feel like, wow, today I brushed my teeth. But you do it, like mechanically, you do it every day because you don't want any dental issues down the road. So for your own dental hygiene, you invest that five minutes. But we don't do it for mental hygiene, our own mental hygiene. And that is where, you know, when you open that can of mental hygiene, Is when you realize that uh, our mind, when it's uh, healthy, that means I have healthy thoughts. You know, I don't have violent thoughts. But usually our mind is very busy, either thinking about the past, thinking about the future. It's very rarely in the present moment. And so that is where we need to look at the tendency of the mind is uh, delve in the past. We... Think about, you know, somebody blamed you, some event happened or think about the future. Oh my God, we'll have a job. Mm-hmm. So this is where, uh, you know, certain events or situations that have happened in our life or may happen in our life will produce negative emotions. And if you look at the negative emotion, whether it's frustration, jealousy, blame, guilt, anger, sadness. It is associated with a specific breathing pattern. So when somebody is angry, the breathing pattern is completely different from when somebody is sad or anxious.
1: Wow, that's that's fascinating.
0: And And that's a universal secret, right? It doesn't matter whether you are man or woman or Indian or Chinese or Hindu or Christian. Anybody who is going through negative emotions will observe that the breathing pattern changes as the emotion changes right so that is the cornerstone of the transformative work that we do Mm -hmm. is give people breath work that helps them to manage their own negative emotions otherwise chad you know many people say uh, don't be angry things will be okay just you know let it be but neither at home nor in school we have ever been taught what do I do when I have negative emotions? And if we don't manage this mental well-being, then it is our experience that sometimes the negative emotion makes a slave out of you. It makes you do certain things that you will repent later on. (laughs) Whether it's uh, hurting somebody by your words or by your actions. And if it's a loved one, you will say, oh mommy, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. You know, I was just, So, the more you work on your mental hygiene, not only is it going to help your own well-being, but it's going to help in your relationships. Because if you are happy, or whatever, less angry, less sad, more happy, you are automatically going to have more friends. People are going to want to hang out with you. That's just the nature of the game, right? Who would want to hang out with somebody who is always complaining, always blaming? I would not. Right. And so the makes you, yeah, work.
1: either one is a, is a cycle and you can it's get a in.
0: cycle. It's definitely a cycle. And that's where violence stems from unhealed trauma, unhealed uh, negative emotions. And we can do it, you know, uh, because we are breathing all the time. That's So that is where we need to just take some days, few days, few hours every day. Our program is four sessions of two hours each where you are learning these, you know, profound breath exercises that uh, knock your socks off. You're gone. And it's a toolkit that you have that you can use any day because it's breath work. And so once we have this, uh, Focus on you know ourselves. That is where we will look at these practices with an open mind. It's 2023. Yes, the practices are from India. Breathing exercises, you know, just like we eat uh, Chinese food, we don't become Chinese. Um, we oh, <laughs> uh, right. Our laptops are made in uh, Vietnam or Thailand or you know Southeast Asia. So we accept technology from every part of the world. We accept. Food from every part of the world. Even music, like you listen to Beethoven, but you're not German. <laughs> so similar right. thing, we have to think about wisdom, like wisdom from different traditions. If I don't take benefit of the wisdom, then I am at a loss, you know? So that is where it becomes a very personal journey.
1: Well, that's and, you know, uh, to to that point, I I, I love that. And let's add to that you know one of the cultural strengths and and then it's it turned into a weakness of western culture is this idea of independence and uh, being of this western enlightenment tradition has done a lot for us right it's it it has Absolutely. brought yes d- democracy has brought us the com- combustible engine <laughs> but it also yeah. has ma- created this fallacy of like i am a rock i am an island and and you know and so in india and i know i think in the film as, as well you all were, were emphasizing this concept of interdependence no one's really doing we talk about like people have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps but every single human has succeeded through so often just good luck but also just from the help of other people <laughs> no one's done it on their own So it does seem like that is a cultural value that I think you're suggesting India could be helping us experience on a little bit more of a wisdom level. How would you add to that?
0: Um, It's a fallacy, yes. Because uh, the recent experience that we have all gone through, which is COVID-19, it showed you the interdependence it showed us the, that we are all connected right yes and the same experience i think is what uh, climate change also these uh, you know thunderstorms here and then droughts there it's disrupting so many supply chains so many systems and you know it's again we are interconnected that uh, climate doesn't mm-hmm. see any boundaries so its problems like these that we are forced to think of an interdependent solution we have to come together and so that's where i feel like violence at a community level is also something like this is you can't say it's in that neighborhood and you know i live in a gated community and it will never it will never come here you know we go to cancun every holiday we don't need to worry about No, because today, violence doesn't see your skin color. It doesn't see your bank balance. It doesn't even care what your social, political views are. It can happen anywhere. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes.
0: And, you know, that was my key moment of truth is Mm. if it happens to me, if it happens to my child's school, then maybe I will do something about it. Maybe. That for me was a wake-up call. Like, what am I doing? And so that is where I, I uh, you know, started uh, reaching out to places where there has been violence. And can I then go and meet those people and feel my connection, human connection with them? And so on my own, I found myself in south side of Chicago, in Englewood, in prisons. Because these are places where I would never go otherwise. So I felt like, hey, can I go there and just find my oneness with them? And that's what the film taught me is, uh, you know, this diverse group of people that uh, were pilgrims with me, they are actually the brave ones. They they took a risk. They came to India. They spent 10 days with me traveling in a strange place. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's these experiences that I feel uh, we need to offer to people who are especially leaders because such experiences are the way we can awaken their spirit that life is short. If you are a leader, you better have a purpose and you have a purpose that you can uh, have a legacy. Whatever that legacy may be, you know, shoe size, four, six, eight, doesn't matter. Uh, But that's where we need to um, uh, make that, uh, uh, I would say, uh, offer that solution. So since uh, last five years, I take delegations to India. And uh, my last delegation to India was before the pandemic. I had 34 pilgrims, 17 police officers uh, from uh, LAPD to NYPD and everybody in between, And 17, uh, 17 black and brown people from different communities across the United States. So 34 people traveled in India on a similar experience that you saw. Mm -hmm. And uh, we curate those journeys with uh, more human experiences, conversations basically that uh, seemingly we don't have with every, with with each other. But uh, on such pilgrimages, I have found people break down. Because there is trauma in everybody's heart. Every one of us has gone through traumatic experiences. Whether you are black, brown, green, red, orange, doesn't matter. (laughs) So (laughs) yes, seemingly we are different. Okay, seemingly we are different. But can we come together in the spirit of healing our trauma? And that requires us to hold the space where we don't judge our trauma. I don't say like, Chad, you are from Chattanooga. What trauma have you gone through? Nothing. I think your trauma is only $5. Look at me, $50 of trauma. I think that's what (laughs) we can, we have to avoid those conversations by creating a space where we are not going to judge. Mm -hmm. And we are here to heal from our trauma. And so one such experience uh, that again, life and the big self allowed me to host is uh, gang members from the Crips and the Bloods and the LAPD cops and the victims of gang violence in South Central LA. And I, it was the most surreal thing I've done in my adult life is to hold that group for about two months in trauma healing, trauma healing, trauma healing. (laughs) 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 And you know, it's divine. Like these, um, when we do something like this at a community level, I think that's where America can tell the world a new story, you know, reimagine nonviolence at a community level. It needs to happen at a community level, keeping Mm -hmm. it apolitical. Uh, Media should not get involved because uh, frankly, they have lost their trust. I mean, at least I don't trust any story I
1: watch. There's bias Uh, and and yeah, there's polemics and, A lot of, yeah, just point. It's, it's, you've got to have a target, right? To, to blame one way or the other with the media. Because that's how they make eyeballs. That's how they
0: make money. Yeah. Business model. Nothing wrong against that. Nothing wrong against that also. But that is where communities need to come together. Communities need to come together because solutions to violence or peace cannot be brought from outside, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. India, India can only give you the wisdom of inner peace but finally it's up to you in a community to say or in a school or an organization to say okay these are the programs we are going to do this is how we are going to do it so the solution architecture needs to be driven locally.
1: It's you, you, it starts with the self on a micro level and it starts with the self on a macro level as well from community to community. I, I see what you, you mean. What, what are, uh, what are you doing right now? What are some programs? How can uh, people find out more and how they can participate? So now?
0: Three years ago, I had to come to India to be with my parents during the first lockdown. Uh, but The consultancy that I started is called Cities for Peace. Uh, I think I have spent almost every day for the last three years teaching some individuals or communities in the United States. That's my focus. So I have trained uh, hundreds of police officers, hundreds of gang affiliated people from various cities like Seattle. LA County, Pomona, Nashville. Uh, And, uh, you know, I feel if I can do it sitting in India, now I would like to train other people to do it because anybody can do anything they want. That's the kind of interconnected world we live in. So if people listening to this uh, podcast have even a 1% desire, like how can they be the change? Starting with their own, like, community organization or, you know, school of their own children. Then we have these educational programs that you can find on our website. And the best program I would say is um, I created online uh, an experience of about one hour where uh, people watch my documentary 30 minutes. And then I do a module on trauma healing and breath and meditation practices. And this module is a peace education module called Be the Change. Okay. That anybody can bring it in their own child's school for their own child's teachers. You know, because the, uh, the, we, we just drop our kids, the school bus comes and picks. And we assume that the teachers are stress-free. So selfishly, I encourage parents to first watch the module at your own home. If you like it, bring it as a change agent, bring it and host a screening for the teachers of your own child school Mm. and have conversations, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like conversing conversations for peace. So we have a guide, people can use the facilitator guide. You don't have to be a yoga teacher. You don't have to be a meditation teacher. It's uh, that's how it should be. And if you like what is in the module, then I teach uh, advanced meditation programs online. Uh, You can attend. Uh, I also have started now thinking of what's the next delegation. So if there is interest, I would love to have 20 principals of schools on a similar journey to India. But it's not a honeymoon trip. Yes, we will go and visit places of interest, but that's not why you are coming. You are coming here with a bigger purpose that what can I do when I go back? So uh, if Chad, it will be great if we can collaborate. Have you been to India?
1: No. So I think it will be
0: great if we can think of, uh, you know, 20 uh, educators from Chattanooga, and uh, you can then mentor them when they go back. Because wow. transformation, transformation is not like McDonald's, right? You just don't go to McDonald's, get a burger, and I'm done. Transformation <laughs> is a very gradual process, right? It's yeah, a gradual right. process, and uh, that is where we need to find each other. Because uh, everybody is going through life, and uh, you know the stuff <laughs> that life is offering, and we just need to create the space of healing for each other.
1: Well, and I think so a little bit to to tie to your point is like we can have that uh, transformative moment or uh, an experience where we're on like a big spiritual high. And, you know, we have grown and been challenged, but then we can we can stray from that. We can fall from it if we aren't doing our mental hygiene and we aren't reminding ourselves of our values um, all the time. So um, to that and point one thing, yeah. and one more thing and one more thing we need a group it's
0: called sangha we need a group of like minded people yeah. to help okay. us not fall off the path
2: oh that's so right that is where
0: I got that you. is where a group of well intentioned people from yes. one city can support each other you know mm-hmm. so that's where i feel the next uh, and you know Chattanooga because i've personally been there what a be- it's a beautiful small right, uh, right.
1: Couple small hours. enough
0: for yeah it's a it's like you know change starts small
1: so well, we consider ourselves a mid-sized city
0: but it's not like los angeles right
1: <laughs> that's that's right yeah we're we're 2 hours south of nashville that you mentioned 2 hours north of atlanta and yeah, we have a new mayor. You mentioned Mayor Burke, but you know, we have Tim Kelly now. And uh, yeah, I think he is motivated to make some changes as well around here. Uh, I love the message. It's inspiring and challenging because it asks each of us, well, I'm glad you're inspired, but but what can you do about well, it? what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Correct. we will be we will be thinking about that as we spread the word via our podcast. And I'm thinking of yes, like my my daughter's school, um, my son's school, and just other schools in the area. And reverse,
0: like I think, uh, just like you know, uh, like you said, we are not perfect, so we always can learn a little bit to improve our lives from somebody else. And that's the power of a Sangha group
2: mm-hmm. that
0: is diverse, like you saw in the film. Diverse, completely diverse. And that is where learning happens. You know, if uh, sadly, like when I was a petroleum engineer, the only places I go to is annual Society of Petroleum Engineers gathering. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: And it's stupid because I'm not going to learn anything new. So the same thing happens for the nurses association or, you know, doctors association is uh, innovative thought comes from a lateral space. And so when, uh, you know, lateral change makers, people who have a desire to change status quo
2: mm-hmm. come uh-huh. from
0: different spaces, you know, like a media, a nurse, teacher, then something new will come out of that collaboration. So we need mm. to also choose who you collaborate with. Who are your bedfellows, if you want to put that analogy. Like, right. Who do you want to pollinate with? So that is where your uh, podcast and the name attracted me to reach out to you. Is, uh, you have already identified yourself different from by just having your branding. Like, okay, big sell. Like, who thinks about big cell? And so, people who are listening to your podcast will also be of that flavor of they have identified themselves as different. And uh, that's a very small tribe because most people want to live their regular life, right?
2: Right, right. I think the
0: time has come for radical collaboration. And radical collaboration, where India is, uh, you know, India and America are the two big democracies on the planet. And the challenges of violence uh, need to be countered, have to be countered. Because we can't leave this planet with violence of all types, like drugs, fentanyl, uh, police brutality. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There are so many challenges of violence. Refugee crisis, the polarization. Uh, We have to do something that I'm going to put, is uh, think of a terror attack. What happens? Or a mass shooting? It happens. Mm -hmm. And then everybody talks about it. Everybody talks about it. yeah. Right. So now, can we mastermind a piece of that?
1: That everyone's going to talk about.
0: Everyone's going to talk about. Like, Shattanooga, what? (laughs) Something like this is amazing for me to then collaborate. Because we we will be forced to to tap into the Big Self
1: um so really great stuff great to be with, be with be present with you uh, even from across continents Mandar and thank you for sharing of your time and energy to share with the big self audience. So we will provide um, the ways to connect and get to your module in our show notes and you know i know they know where to reach out to find you to be able to learn more and take action and we will be doing so as well we're going to figure out we are all about big ideas and how to integrate them to live a more sustainable life to open up your learning level up your self-awareness and consciousness and move from surviving to thriving, to flourishing. And I think what Mandar Apti is revealing to us is just how powerful a single person can be when they tap into their big self. For Mandar, it would seem that his emphasis on the idea of us all being one, being interconnected and interdependent is one of the keys to realizing that when we help another person, we are also helping ourselves and vice versa. When we help and heal ourselves, we are creating a new person through a new lens on reality to connect with and experience life with. You are the gift that the world needs when you have healed yourself from your traumas and you too can be the change you want to see in the world. You know where to find us at BigSelfSchool.com where we offer one-to-one coaching as well as trainings and workshops for organizations big and small. Here's to seeing you on the next episode of The Big Self Show.